The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Congratulations to the 2023 Eastern Conference Champions Miami Heat. We were so excited for them. We brought their biggest super fan on <laughs> Fantasy Football Today Dynasty. That's right. We've got, should I say former or one-time or just current podcast host of the year, Adam Azer. We've got Dan Schneier. Best male Adam, podcast host. Best male podcast host <laughs> in America. Adam, congratulations on the big win last night. I decided I was rooting for the Heat. I didn't get into why, but I'll tell you, <laughs> I have... Uh, oh, I knew why. There was no question when I saw that on Twitter, the why. Two reasons. Well, okay, what, are you, what, was, what did you think? Uh, you were coming on the show with me the next day, and it was going to be much more fun if the Heat won. No, I had nothing to do with you. No, I promise. Uh, one, the more cynical one, is like, I could not let Boston have this thing I where know. they, in two sports, came back from 3-0. Mm-hmm. And, and That's made what it is. Game. Um, but to my nephew, I don't, I think he's like 10 or 11. I don't know exactly how he is 10 or 11. He was devastated. He lives in South Florida, yeah. devastated on the game six. <laughs> and he's like me, but like the way I used to be when I was a kid. So I know how much this meant to him. So I, I decided I was rooting for the heat for him. Uh, so you were rooting against my son. Uh, that, that makes more <laughs> sense. I, I get it now. Now, in, in all seriousness, we did not bring Adam to, on to talk about basketball, we brought him on to talk about a new dynasty league yeah. that Adam will be the commissioner of, and you have a chance to be a part of. Adam, how's that going to happen? So as part of our you know, draft prepping for charity for St. Jude, uh, you know it as the draft-a-thon. That'll be part of it as well at the very end of this uh, months-long event where we're just raising money for St. Jude. It hasn't started yet. But stay tuned. We're going to be auctioning off a spot. And I thought, what's the best way to do this? 
We could just have some type of listener contest. We have one spot left in the Dynasty League. In the Dynasty League, we're going to talk about it today. We're going to come up with some of the rules. I've got, I mean, I made the rules, but we can change them. I, I have the roster spots determined and all that, but it's all up in the air. We're going to come up. It's going to start from scratch. Start up Dynasty. We're going to do the draft. It'll be probably, I don't know, probably an untimed draft, but um, what's the best way to give away this one spot? Why not raise money for St. Jude? So you'll all have the opportunity to bid on it. Uh, I'll pay for your entry fee the first year. It's $50 a year. It's not much, just enough to keep people interested. Um, but if you, if you, you know, we'll see how much we can raise. I think we can raise a lot of money for this. So why not do something great with the opportunity to play Dynasty with, with us? So, Dan, do you want to make the joke or do you want me to make a joke? You make it. Okay, so Adam wanted to start a dynasty league, and he didn't have 11 friends. So we're asking <laughs> one of you to join us. His, all of his 10 friends are in the league, and we're looking for the 11th. And for those of you who are interested, uh, go ahead, Adam. No, it's not true because I, don't, <laughs> I, know, I have five of the people in the league I've never even met before. I don't even know who they are. Uh, sure, sure, sure. We don't, explain, nobody believes I have, that. I have five friends. They're our colleagues, so I'll explain um, – I'll explain more later, but yeah. And for those of you who are interested in playing in a dynasty league with Adam Heath, myself, and a few others from the FFT team, be on the lookout for the link. I would say Heath, myself, and Adam will be tweeting it out to the auction for where you can bid on eBay to be this uh, last spot in our dynasty league. Uh, as Adam mentioned, he's going to graciously pay your dynasty league fee for year one. That's nice. So that's part of the auction as well. Um, so we'll also probably put a link to it in maybe next week's dynasty show we are not live yet with that auction page um but it will be live shortly and then once we get that settled we can pick a day for the dynasty draft and i thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of talk about our favorite league settings hopefully have a couple of arguments over what <laughs> the settings should be and uh then you know maybe give people a glimpse into a few options for dynasty leagues that they hadn't thought of or hadn't experienced we can talk about the positives and negatives of those but first we know what we do on this show Three questions for the guest. It's time to get to know Adam Azer just a little bit better. <laughs> uh, no, not really. But the first one I have is that somebody brought up the idea last week of a draft lottery for the rookie draft every year. Um, I guess you could even do it for the startup draft. And you really seem to embrace this idea, Adam. Are you yes. actually going to do it? And how is it going to work? As, a, as I sit here today, I, I'm saying I'm actually going to do it. Uh, how is it going to work? We're going to have to do ping pong balls. I'm going to have to get like a huge bowl or something like that to put all these ping pong balls in. I think I'm not going to do it for, for this. I guess I could do it for the startup, but I haven't thought about that. But going forward, I would think that the team that finishes 12th gets 12 ping pong balls. The team that finishes 11th gets 11 and so on. The team that wins gets one. And uh, and we can figure out the wins. Gets everyone's in the lottery. No, not the playoff teams. They don't go in the lottery. Okay, fine. The playoff teams don't go. That's fine. All right. Oh, he was about to put everyone in the lottery. There was going to be a chance for you to win the league and get the first pick. Now, now, do we have Adam is reeling, and we're only three minutes into the show. Is there a cutoff? Like we the 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 first the worst team is guaranteed no worse than such and such pick. Like we're just gonna do the lottery for the top three picks and then we'll go in order after that, or are you doing a lottery for all six of those picks? Okay. All right, we won't do the playoff teams. (laughs) We'll have ping pong balls for all six teams, but I guess if we could do it in a way where you can only lose two spots from where you finished. Okay. So you can only very tech. I think that's kind of how the NBA does it. Right, I think it's three or four spots, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So we have to. I, I, okay, I haven't really thought about all the logistics, but I think if you if you are the worst team, you can draft no 
uh, no later than third. I, I so, like that a lot. I I think that like this brings up a question though, and we'll get to this a little bit later in the show. But I want you guys to be thinking of your of your best answer because I only gave Adam twenty four hours to think of that answer, and look what we got. <laughs> um, but how should we determine, and how should people determine the order for a startup, especially if you're putting all the rookies into that same startup draft? could be a massive advantage for the person who gets an earlier pick. Well, again, we'll talk about that just a little bit later. Question number two, Adam. Rank the top six wide receivers in the NFC East in Dynasty Leagues. C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Could definitely flip-flop those. Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Could flip-flop those. Jalen Hyatt. So did you just go look at my dynasty rankings and try no. to put it as close as possible? So, Because no. you almost did it. The, the one place in the top five, and of course, part of the reason that we did this exercise, Dan, was so that I could illustrate that although there's only three other teams in the NFC East, there are no top five wide receivers on the Giants. Um, it's true. Right. <laughs> but I, I have it basically in that order. It's Lamb, it's Brown, it's Devontae Smith, all top 15 wide receivers for me in dynasty. I do have Jahan Dotson significantly ahead of Terry McLaurin. I think Dotson's four years younger than McLaurin is, three or four for sure. Um, and then, like, I've got Hyatt at wide receiver 54, Wandale at wide receiver 55, Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 65, Isaiah Hodgins at wide receiver 68, Michael Gallup at wide receiver 83. Like, there's a bunch of guys in that range who could be number five. Do you agree with Adam on McLaurin versus Dotson? And who would be your number five? I'm definitely with Adam on McLaurin versus Dotson. I think when it comes to those two players, to me, I'm just basing this a lot on what I've seen from what they're able to do on the field. Right now, Terry McLaurin remains, in my mind at least, Heath and Adam, one of the best route runners in the NFL. And he's been held back by quarterback play. Jahan Dotson still has a little bit more to prove to me. Now, that next spot is what's get inter- what gets interesting for me. So I, I feel like there's a lot of uncertainty regardless of which direction I go here. Uh, that's why I, like Hyatt to me is not as much of a slam dunk in the rankings uh, in that range as maybe is for you guys. I still think third round pick, smaller player, hasn't really proven he can beat press coverage yet. It could be a wash there. So I might give it to – I don't want to give it to Wandale either. I, I might give it – you know, I have still have interest in Michael Gallup in Dynasty okay. Leagues. Yeah, I think that we could see a big second year post-injury – bounces back type of season from him, especially now with Brandon Cooks in the mix to kind of take away some coverage downfield, open up some of that intermediate range. So I might go Gallup. I I am always going to be, not always, but often the guy who misses the 27-year-old breakout. Um, I think Michael (laughs) Gallup, one of those guys who is older than people think he is because he just hasn't done that much. Um, So yeah, I, I do think that there's no right answer for number five. That was kind. Of, that was kind six. of the point. Number six, six. for number six. Yeah, yes, six, yeah. that, that, that was kind of the point. Number three, Adam. How many rookies are you actually excited about in Dynasty? Yeah. So um, Jalen Hyatt, John Michael. Schmidt. Oh, that's Dan. <laughs> Sorry, that's Dan's list. My bad. Uh, Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs. I am definitely excited about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Definitely excited about Richardson. I'm excited about but nervous about, but I think he's going to be at least from like, from a content standpoint, I don't know that Anthony (laughs) couldn't have a bet. You couldn't ask for more than Anthony Richardson. It's it's amazing. Um, So I'd be excited about drafting those guys. 
that might be the end of the list of players I'm excited about. I have mild excitement. Oh, Dalton Kincaid. I'd say Kincaid, Laporta, and Mayer are a pretty exciting group of tight ends. Kincaid <sighs> top of the list for me. But, uh, <laughs> but Kincaid for sure. And, um, you know, in a super flex league, I, I, I'd be, feel pretty good about drafting Bryce Young. In terms of the other first-round wide receivers, I can't, I don't know exactly what excited means, but I'd feel good about drafting Quentin Johnston, feel good about drafting Addison because he's in such a good situation. Not really sold on Zay Flowers personally, and I don't really love him in Baltimore. See, Dan, I think like with those wide receivers, I'm pretty excited about Addison, Johnston, and Flowers because I, when I'm talking about who am I excited about, I don't have to worry about their floor. Like they have warts. There are things that could go wrong, but they also have each of them things that could lead to elite production. Um, like we, we worry so much about the size with Addison and with flowers, but like there's, they could be something similar to what we've gotten from Devonte Smith. Like Jalen Waddle was at times viewed as too small. Um, I, I do think there's pretty big upside for those guys. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a big upside for them, especially in PPR, half PPR leagues there. The one player you mentioned among those receivers that really excites me now, and I want to bring him up just because he excites me now more after the draft than before the draft is Quinton Johnson, because I kind of put him into a bubble when I was evaluating him. Early process for everyone was this might be the wide receiver one. He's the only one in the prototypical X build. And I watched his film, and I was very disappointed. But the one thing that I wasn't disappointed about with him was his ability on the horizontal plane after the catch. And I just, looking at this chart, offense understanding what they're going to want to do and i just feel like we're going to see a ton of those drag routes and those crossers and those mesh with johnson running wide open and it's like all the attentions on allen williams whatever now you hit a him and he just takes it another 20 yards or so or who knows so i'm getting very excited about quinn and johnson i'm kind of not focusing on what he can't do because this is what happened with dk metcalf there was so much focus on what he can't do coming into the nfl not enough focus on what he does really well and i think if the chargers use johnson the way i think they're going to use him he could be the best in redraft and then he's someone i'm also very excited about in dynasty absolutely okay so i think that's a good transition into the notes and i didn't put this piece of news in the notes because i don't know how significant it is but adam i want to ask you mike williams still not cleared to play football they're not sure that he might need some sort of surgery on his back his back's not okay are, are we underrating the chance that quinton johnston's just the number two wide receiver in this yeah. offense this year yeah we're definitely underrating that chance and uh, i i guess i should be more excited about him i did like him um you know you do get more size with him than you did with the other wide top wide receivers in this class and you do get him going to a potential five thousand yard offense so yes uh I don't okay. For example, if Mike Williams isn't ready for week one or comes into the season with some nagging back issue, can we really take Jordan Addison ahead of Quinton Johnston? We, you know, even if it's not in Dynasty, we're talking redraft here. Although I guess we should focus on Dynasty, right? It's Tuesday. Um, you got to make the same argument, right? They're both stepping into great situations. Right. Then I would say I liked Johnston better going into the draft. They're obviously very similar prospects in terms of draft capital. So there's a lot to like if if Mike Williams is not going to be on the field. I do think like what Dan said about going through that process with Johnston and seeing what the things that he can do well and seeing the size and that prototype and then being underwhelmed with things on film. There've been so many guys like that over the last five to 10 years that got drafted in the first round because they looked like a first round wide receiver and could do certain things that first round wide receivers could. They got to the NFL and they couldn't separate or they yep. got to the NFL and they couldn't catch the ball in traffic. And they just didn't do – and I think that's probably what's held me back a little bit on Johnston. I feel like there have been more big misses – not making a pun with the big – that have looked like him. 
Uh, second piece of news, and we're going to like sit on this one for a while. DeAndre Hopkins cut. We broke this down. Well, I shouldn't say we. I wasn't a part of it. But across multiple platforms last week in terms of best redraft landing spots for Hopkins himself. But this is really interesting from a dynasty perspective, especially when we hear at first DeAndre Hopkins wants to go to a winner. He wants to go play for the Bills or the Chiefs. That I don't think would be fantastic for especially the Bills for his fantasy value. But we also hear he wants a multi-year deal for more than $20 million per year. So I think we need to kind of think about like I look at him as you might have one year left with him. Where do you see DeAndre Hopkins fitting in in Dynasty, Dan. He is currently my wide receiver 41. I think that's fair a fair kind of area to put him in. I'm with you. I don't know how much longer we have DeAndre Hopkins for fantasy. I'll say this. like Everybody looks at last year and they're like, look at these numbers for DeAndre Hopkins. He didn't lose a step. But if you actually watch the film on these games, a lot of these were layup throws and layup targets that he caught. He's not the same player who makes those plays down the field that he was with Houston or even at times in his career with Kyler Murray. So I'm just not sure every landing spot's a good landing spot. Like If he goes to another offense that was like the offense in Arizona where it's a lot of quick throws, get rid of the ball, layup type stuff, good. Okay, fine. I can get behind him for a redraft in PPR depending on how, you know, how, high that ADP soars. But for Dynasty, I'm kind of concerned with what he can offer right now um, as a player. I just feel like his game is more limited to the short and intermediate range right now. So my favorite thing about this type of player, Adam, is it's very clear. Oh, Adam didn't like that. What was that? No, little I line? don't agree with either of you. Top okay. guys were 41 in Dynasty. What were you going to say, Heath? Well, the thing I love about him is like half the league shouldn't have any interest in having him on the roster. Half the league should have gotten rid of him last year. Right. Um, because if you're not one of the top five or six teams in the league, and if you want to extend that to eight, if you think there's eight competitive teams in your league, that's fine. You're lying to yourself, but it's okay. <laughs> um, like This is the guy that if you have him and you, you're ready to rebuild, you go trade for a draft pick or for a younger wide receiver. There are three younger wide receivers that I have ranked in, in the same range as DeAndre Hopkins that I think if you are a contender and you have one of these guys and you have a chance to go get Hopkins, it makes great sense for both teams. Those three wide receivers are Kadarius Toney, Jamison Williams, and Elijah Moore. Would yeah. you? Do you like either side of that type of trade for the contender to the rebuilder? I would take Jamison Williams. Wait, I have to be a contender or a rebuilder here, or we're just saying in a vacuum – you could do it in a vacuum, but more more worth thinking. You have DeAndre Hopkins on your team. Yeah, you've got a 500 roster. It's probably time to rebuild. I'm not okay. Elijah Moore, no. I'm going to say no on Elijah Moore, but and I'm going to say maybe on Kadarius Tony. That one's really tough. And I'm going to say definitely on Jamison Williams. I would definitely trade Hopkins for Jamison Williams. Tony, man. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk. He's going to be the number one guy in Kansas City. But he just hasn't. I guess I, I guess I would do that. I guess That's I would do there's, there's enough reason to doubt DeAndre Hopkins. He's been injured two straight seasons. Um, he is going to be 31 years old. He's only like six months older than Devontae Adams, and we don't really treat Devontae Adams the same way, but that's fine. Uh, I still think Hopkins was incredible last year, a true alpha wide receiver. Um, you know, his dot was 10.2 yards, which is exactly what it was. A few years ago is last year in Houston. So, yes, he did have some of those layups. That's just part of Kyler Murray's offense, but it wasn't all of that. He may not be the same downfield threat, but I still think, you know, he did things that most wide receivers can't do. And then I went back and I just looked, I looked at other wide receivers. Have we had wide receivers who have been great at age 31? And, and yes, I can run you through a, a whole list of players like 
you know, Marvin Harrison was wide receiver five at age 31. Heinz Ward wasn't great at age 31, but he was wide receiver 12 at age 33. He was better at age 32 and 33. Reggie Wayne was uh, was great at uh, wide rec- at age 31. Uh, Andre Johnson was wide receiver six. He had 1,600 yards. Wes Welker was wide receiver seven at age 31. Brandon Marshall was wide receiver three at age 31. Julio Jones, that was his last good year. Uh, he got hurt that year a few times, but on a per-game basis, especially if you azer stat it and you take out the games he missed, he was yes. awesome that year. And well, then, you should oh, definitely oh, take out the games that guys leave early with injury when we're talking about injury-prone well, yeah. players who are 31 years old. And he's a you know, and Julio Jones is is an example of a guy who broke down basically after that. But you know, like there were some guys who got hurt at age 31 and then stayed healthy after that. So. Um, I, my point is if you're a great receiver, like Deandre Hopkins, I say borderline hall of famer, I think there's a case to be made there. You could still have one, two, maybe three good years left. Um, so I'm not just giving him away for nothing. And Elijah Moore, what has Elijah Moore done? He had like a six game stretch as a rookie where he was right. solid. Uh, he hasn't done nearly enough. Kadarius Tony hasn't done nearly enough, but I believe more strongly in him. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm higher on, I'm higher on Deandre Hopkins than, than you guys are. It pains me to say this in any podcast, but Azer kind of just sold me here, and I'm kind of <laughs> flipping my ne- flipping my mindset on this because I feel like there is still a little bit more certainty, and maybe I was overrating how much. Because look, when you when these receivers tend to break down in their 30s, it's typically the guys who rely on like a one trait type of thing, like speed, which is something Hopkins never needed or relied on anyway to begin with. I do kind of feel like the leaping ability and the ability to kind of win those 50-50s may not be the same. But he's not really need. You don't really need that for him to be more productive than these these question marks. Like Gadarius Stoney, to me, who is saying he's the number one? Just beat writers, right? Just these beat reports. We haven't heard it from Reed. We haven't seen it from Mahomes. Like I'll believe that when I actually see it with Gadarius Tony. I saw him do a rap video recently, so I know he's doing that still. So I was like, <laughs> you are we'll so see. bitter about Kadarius Tony. Can bitterness. you imagine it's bitterness? He, I've seen these players wow. fizzle out over time. Like we'll see with Tony. We'll see. We'll we'll wait to see. Like I want to see him dedicated. I want to see. Him, I like, will say this. Like, if we see, then Kadarius Tony's not going to be ranked at wide receiver 40. He's not going to be ranked anywhere close. If we get half a season, if we get a month of Kadarius Tony at eight targets a game and he stays healthy for that month, he's going to be a top 20 dynasty wide receiver. For sure. But One we'll month. see if we can get those eight targets a game. We'll roll. Right. I'm very curious to see how and how it's going to happen because he didn't really play in the offense last year. He just kind of was out there for design plays. Like we'll see. Like it's who's a tough more offense. Prone? Who's more injury prone? Who 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 are you more without even the injuries? Injury. I'm not even considering Tony Hopkins. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that a funny thought though? That's a great sure. question. Yeah. I, I don't know for sure. Every time Tony um, touches the ball, I think he's going to get injured with how he plants so violently in the dirt. Like every single move, it's like a he hard. Does, he tries plant. too hard for Dan. We're going to play a fun <laughs> game of too high, Certainly not too hard, too low, or just right with the rest of the Cardinals. Right after this, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, Adam, so this is a complicated game. I'm going to try to explain the rules to you, but I'm going to tell you where I have a player ranked in Dynasty. I'll tell you the players I have ranked immediately above and behind them. You've got to say too hot, too low, too high, or just right, and give me like 15 seconds, maybe 30 on why. We'll start with Marquise Brown, who did move up a little bit with this news. His uh, profile definitely looks better for 2023 than it did. He is currently my wide receiver 29. The two wide receivers around him, we've got Zay Flowers, then Chris Godwin, then Marquise Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Terry McLaurin. Too high, too low, or just right? So this is based on football rankings, right? Just trying to get this grasp of this game. Yes. Confused Dynasty. About. Dynasty. Dynasty football. football Fantasy right. football. Yeah. <laughs> I would say just right. I would say just right. I think it's you know reasonable to have the rookies ahead of him because they're so much younger. But we've seen when when he's been on an offense where he can get the targets, an offense that doesn't throw you know the fewest passes in the NFL like the Ravens, that one year where they were throwing the ball a lot, and then last year when Hopkins wasn't on the field, we've seen actually really good, really high potential. So it mm-hmm. might be too, too low. It's not too high. I'm going to say it's just right. Dan, speaking of guys who we've seen really high potential from when they're on the field, but they've been able to stay on the field, Rondale Moore. I think now probably looks like the number two, and maybe, I mean, he might get eight, nine, ten targets per game if what the Cardinals did on offense turns into what the Cardinals did this year. Now it's their completely new coaching staff, so I don't know how likely that is, but I do still think he has some elite traits. He's just tiny and has a hard time staying healthy. I've got him right behind that group we were just talking about with Jamison Williams and Elijah Moore at wide receiver 44. So Jamison Williams, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, Rashad Bateman. Too high, too low, or just right? It's a little bit too high for me with Rondale Moore. You mentioned some of the warts, which are the injury concerns and the size. He was an electric player at Purdue. He was also injured a lot at Purdue. Now it's a new coaching staff, new regime. I don't like that typically for players in Dynasty. I feel like there was a vision for him with the old offense. Now they'll have to redo that vision. And they and he's a talented player, like you said, so it's possible. It can happen, but at this stage, given his size, injury history, and that he comes from that, that past regime, I'd rather rank him a little bit lower behind guys that like Eli Moore, for example. Like, yeah, he hasn't done that much since that stretch, but at least this regime traded for him. They obviously have a plan for him and a vision for him from like, and so I feel like I can maybe factor in more targets there, or more of a design to get him the football. We're going to go a little deeper here, Adam. Greg Dortch was not inside the top 100 wide receivers. He's the guy that benefits every time Rondell Moore gets hurt. They actually showed a highlight video of him catching the ball more than five yards downfield during OTAs. It was like a 40-yard bomb. And so I, I Greg Dortch up to wide receiver 95. Do you even care about this guy? Should he even be rostered even in a dynasty league? Well, yeah, I guess so, but only in a dynasty league. <laughs> I can't make... Uh too strong of a case for him. I, I think he could be fantasy irrelevant pretty quickly. Absolutely. So I, I, I skipped, went in that order on purpose, Dan, because I wanted to hear your thoughts on Michael Wilson, wide receiver 63 now for me. He's the only wide receiver on the Arizona Cardinals roster who is over five foot 10, I believe. Yeah. Definitely the only one over six foot. Uh, he will, if, if he can play and if he can be healthy, he will slide into that DeAndre Hopkins, not target share, but I think probably spot in the starting lineup on the outside. 
I've got him at wide receiver 63 for reference. That is right behind Nico Collins and Jacoby Myers, right in front of Brandon Cooks and Alec Pierce. Too high, too low, or just right? So I think it's just right, but I would actually, this is the crazy part, I would probably draft him. Like I would rather have him than Rondell Moore personally similar injury profile the problem with wilson is going to be we'll see if he can stay healthy he's also just like i said with tony an incredibly violent cutter so he'll set up his moves and he's a great route runner like you watch his film at stanford he had honestly some people viewed him as like one of the five highest ceilings of any wide receiver in this class and i don't think it was unfair to say when you watch him on routes he has a little bit of that Devontae adams route running to him but Again, that violent cutting leads to some injuries, and he was injured a lot at Sanford. So to me, that's why he's a gamble, and that's why I'd rather take him down in this range. But again, like Rondell Moore to me is a gamble too, so I think I would straight up take Wilson over Moore. This regime drafted Wilson. Obviously, like you said, he has the size and the prototypical X wide receiver build. And now we left Adam's favorite quarterback for last, Kyler Murray. No DeAndre Hopkins anymore. He is QB 10 for me in Dynasty. I think a year ago he was QB 4, so it has been a fall for him. We don't know how much he's going to play this year. Adam, the quarterbacks ranked around him, Anthony Richardson, Kyler Murray, Bryce Young, Tua, C.J. Stroud. Too high, too low, or just right? Yeah, I would say if... It's I say just right. If you were going to move him anywhere, I'd say one spot up ahead of Anthony Richardson. But uh, Anthony Richardson's a lightning rod. I I can't really I can't put him ahead of Fields or Burrow or Lawrence or Herbert. No way. So this seems just right to me. It is interesting though because when he has been healthy, basically he's been much better than QB ten. But again, yeah, I, I coming off ACL, he might not be very good this year. And that matters. And then he hasn't, oh my gosh, I won't go through all the numbers. He's said only 15 seconds, but my, so much worse when DeAndre Hopkins hasn't been right. on the field uh, yeah. in the last three seasons. So uh, I think this is just right. And I think I, you you made a point, and I tricked you actually, because you would say too low, I think, because you'd probably put Deshaun Watson ahead of him. And Watson, yes. Watson was right behind this group for me. I'm still not quite as sold that last year was a complete aberration. Um, but I, I do think one of the things you said is, like QB 10 now might be the guy that was finishing QB five when Kyler was doing it. Um, I, we could be heading into another golden age as some of these, like Justin Herbert's got a good offensive coordinator. Now Lamar Jackson's got a good offensive coordinator. Now we've got Anthony Richardson who could turn into Justin Fields, who could turn into week. And I, I talked about this a week or two ago with Daniel Jones, how he was QB 10 and dynasty for me before the draft. And now he's QB 14. And part of that is just that we added some some guys that I'm pretty excited about what they're going to do in the NFL. We've got one more piece of note here. And th- does this matter at all, Dan? Jimmy Garoppolo is not guaranteed to be on the Raiders roster week one. That doesn't matter at all. I mean, you'd be if they if they were to release him, it would be unexpected, and people would probably can you know accuse them of tanking. I think at that point. I, I don't see it happening, but I want to pose a quick question to you before we move forward to the next topic, because I'm in an interesting spot in a dynasty league, my home dynasty league. And I think this is a good topic for a discussion just because there's a lot of people who are in this position. I have Kyler Murray on a, on a super flex roster where I've made the decision to pull a Heath was what I'm calling it now after watching <laughs> it work out so well. It did. I mean, like in the YOLO league, he, he completely rebuilt that team from scratch. And now I look at his, your roster, Heath, and I'm just like, damn. I want to get to that at some point. I want that ability to get there. So I've, I've started the rebuild. I've started to build, throw it down. I've traded Pollard. I'm in serious talks to get rid of Tyreek Hill right now. And a lot of people want Kyler Murray. They've said the alarm's been sounded. Now, the problem is in that league, I had Tom Brady. I have Daniel Jones, whatever. I had a few other quarterbacks who have fizzled out. 
So Kyler is really outside of Daniel Jones, if you count that, which I don't. My only long-term possibility there at quarterback, and I'm getting a lot of low-ball offers for Kyler. So if you're in my position, this question's for both of you, and you have Kyler Murray, but you're also looking to rebuild and kind of turn the turn your roster over, A, in return for Kyler, are you just okay getting draft picks? Or B, are you looking for some kind of quarterback that's also a little bit younger, maybe not proven yet, but you can kind of bet on being something for the next five to 10 years? And if so, which kind of quarterbacks kind of stand out to you as those kinds of, kinds of players you'd be looking to get in return? I mean, first off, I think this is probably the wrong time to trade Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, like he just lost DeAndre Hopkins and there's all this talk about, I don't really buy that he's just not going to play all year this year. But I understand where it's coming from, and there's serious question about when he's going to play. If I'm a contender and I'm trading for Kyler Murray, I, I have to lowball because right now for this year, he has to be my QB3 at best. But if we get to October and Kyler Murray puts up 25 fantasy points in a game, that is when I would go and try to get rid of Kyler Murray. He's not going to hurt your tanking chances if he's on injured reserve anyway. That's exactly the type of guy that you would want to have on your right. roster as you try to get good draft picks and hope that he's good by the time you get there. If you were going to trade him, yeah, I wouldn't. Um, I would see what you could get. Well, you don't like Tua, though. I, that's like that's what I would do. Like I do like with, Tua a so, lot. Okay. I'm just worried about the injuries. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think you can probably get Tua plus okay. for Kyler Murray, and I'm not sure that Kyler's upside is higher than Tua's. It's uh, I think it's a lot higher than Tua's. Uh, assuming he, I don't know about this year, but if they were in the same situation, but Tua with Tyreek and Waddle, like what was what were Tua's Azer stats last year? No, uh, well. Yeah, I mean that's t- I don't know what they are off the top of that. But, <laughs> no, for this year, for this year, I think yeah, there's a lot more upside. Mm-hmm. But here's something to think about with Kyler Murray. It's really very within the realm of possibility that this year just stinks for him. And mm-hmm. then in 2024, he's throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr. It's mm-hmm. very possible. It's also True. possible that he's not on the Cardinals. I mean, I know this would be crazy, but they could definitely be the worst team in football. Mm-hmm. And if they're faced with the one or two with the number one or number two pick in the NFL draft. How do they not go with a quarterback, you know? So I know he's got a- Did you see what the Bears just did? They believe in Justin Fields. Right. This, is a new that, that, this draft also, I mean, we're the looking Cardinals way ahead. The they, this they draft is going to have a prospect in Caleb Williams, that quarterback, who's by far the best prospect since Trevor Lawrence. And I would say I could make the case that I might prefer him to Lawrence. I, I'm looking forward to um, March of 2024 <laughs> when we're- that 2025 class is going to be so much better. Yeah, that's how it always is. The next class is always better <laughs> look, than the one look, before, it, it especially a quarterback. The point is, this is a new regime. Right. They may not want Kyler Murray. Um, if, if this, I know it's a big contract, but they might draft a quarterback. I, I, I feel like there's a chance that there is a big-time fall from grace for Kyler Murray as a fantasy option because maybe he was just perfect for that Cliff Kingsbury system. He's running the ball a ton, and he's throwing the ball a ton. You don't usually see that. Uh, things could change. Things could get a lot worse. And I said QB ten was the right ranking, so I'm not saying that this is that this is going to happen. Right. But I see more downside for Kyler Murray right now that than we might be acknowledging. It, it could it could get really bad. It could go south pretty quickly. We don't usually spend that much time on news items, but I think for dynasty purposes, this one could have it could really reach throughout. So I I, I do want to now move to the Adam Azer Dynasty League. Um, I think <laughs> we should name. just call it. No, I think we should call it the Adam Azer Dynasty League. No way. Um, we got to call it something. That's not that. Well, we can do better than that, but it's got to be something. 
Yeah, it's so, like the Dan Schneier. No, it's got to be based on an inside FFT joke. That's what that's my criteria. I think we should start with um, how we're going to get these players on our team at the very beginning. I know what Dan wants, and so I'm going to give <laughs> Dan 60 seconds to pitch the salary cap versus the draft. The uh, the the not doing the the snake draft. Go for it, Dan. Can I can I just give 20 seconds of background on the league. Does that count it's, as 60 seconds of my pitch? It, it's, it's important. This it's, is important. No. This is really important to Adam. So let Take him go first. Well, Take me off the pause. Preempt you. You need to know who's in the league, right? So it's, it, I was in a dynasty league for 10 years and it folded. How many times did you win this league? I lost in the championship by less than, less than half a point one year. Oof. So never won it, unfortunately. Okay. I was learned a very valuable lesson about being average because uh, I was always, you know, like sixth best. But anyway, um, it's I, I try to pick this league up. There's only a few people from that league, and I didn't really know anyone in that league. So it's me. Okay, Dan, that's 20 hold seconds. On, hold on. Yes. It's oh. me, <laughs> Jamie, Heath. You asked the question. That's your fault. Me, Jamie, Heath, Dan, and Thomas Schaefer from the FFT side. Uh two other people from the old league and then like four friends of one person who I've never met. So it's not the easiest to get on the same page. That's my point. Okay, Dan, you're up. So it sounds like Adam's main um, qualm with it would be just, it's not easy to get everybody there for an auction or salary cap draft. Um, same thing right now. Not, not a chance of that happening. So, but these are online, so we can probably pull it off online and we have a good plat. Did he go muted? Am I crazy or is he muted? Uh, thank goodness. I just thought that I lost my ears, um, but I can hear Adam. Doesn't matter if I can hear Dan. We will hear Dan more shortly. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Adam. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, that, that was right. an easy fix. I don't so. know what happened there, but I was too excited and I lost my connection for a second. But let me say something, Adam. We can get everybody there for one night for an auction draft. I, is, I, I've already heard from Jamie. That there is no way he will do this. And he's oh, actually, great. I think, seconded that. I don't think great. there's any chance that this is going to be a salary cap draft. Just just let uh, it go. We can't do four or five hours for a okay. long 10 I, years. I, I think you guys might be confused. We're doing a, a podcast, <laughs> and we're trying to give people different options yeah. for how okay. they start their league up. All right. So shooting down Dan's idea before he even <laughs> presents it kind of goes against that. We can we can accept I can accept that this won't be a salary gap auction, but I still make the pitch for others to start their league that way. I've done multiple different dynasties with the snake or with the salary cap slash auction style. And I just feel like just like with redraft, you have a better chance, especially in dynasty, to build out your roster the way you want to build out your roster. And you can allocate the percentage of your budget toward the positions in dynasty. You can get very, very extreme with what positions you want to draft from a strategy standpoint. I'm not going to go away, give away all my strategy right now because I'm, I'm facing you both in this dra upcoming draft. But I would have a pretty extreme allocation of my budget position-wise. And you can't do that in redraft because you're playing to win that year. In Dynasty, you're looking forward. So I just feel like there's even more flexibility and more reason to want to have flexibility, roster flexibility, and how you build it out. Because this is your roster. Like There will be rookie drafts coming up, but this is it. So in my opinion, it's way more important to get it right, the draft. And when it comes to the snake draft, it's just... As we'll go over soon when he's about to ask his future question, it's very hard to get it fair, a snake draft, because there are positions in the draft that are way more valuable than others, especially if we make the decision to go super flex instead of one QB. And so it's just one version seems very fair to me. The other seems not so fair to me. Yeah. And, you know, I I think one way you can mitigate that a little bit 
is by having the rookie draft be the reverse order of the startup draft and doing okay. those two drafts separately. Um, although I'm not sure if you gave somebody a choice of number one in the startup without Bijan or number one yeah, in the rookie that's draft. Yeah, problem. Um, although, but I would rather have Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase than Bijan. So I, I don't think it's necessarily, I think it's a good reward for picking 12th. Um, Adam, what, what's your intention for how we're going to determine the startup rookie draft or startup draft? And will the rookies be a part of that? That was my intention. My intention was to do a startup draft with the rookies included. And so how, how do we determine who gets the first pick other than you? Yeah, I think I get the first few picks. I think that's only fair since I'm. <laughs> this is uh, if I, that's true, that's that's the bad. I hope you're joking. No, of course I'm joking. I think yeah. I was just you know gonna do it randomly, and if, if not, I'm happy to come up with some type of fun way to decide it. I like the idea of a fun way to decide. I also like the idea of if you're going to do it randomly, you give the person the option to pick where they what spot they want. Like if you get the first pick, like if you get the first, if your name is the first one, you can choose yeah. two if you want or if whatever it would, would would be. So when is the when is the third leg of the triple crown? That would be the Belmont, right? Or is that the Preakness? Which I have one? no idea. You're asking number one. People. That's a very fun way to do it, to give everyone okay. a voice. Okay. And, you know, I, I do like that, but I don't know if we're going to have everyone in the league because we're auctioning off one of the spots. I don't know if we're going to have everyone in the league by that point. But if we are, I think horse racing is a very fun way to do it. I know a lot of our listeners have done that before, and you just give everyone a horse. That's going to have to be chosen at random, obviously because otherwise you'd want the favorite. And then where, however they finish, would, will determine not necessarily the draft slot, but will determine you know, who gets to pick the draft slot. According to our resident horse guy, Thomas Schaefer, uh, the Belmont is in June. Okay, so June what? Like June is tomorrow or, or the next day or whatever. It's not tomorrow. It's, it's the next day. So June 10th. And Okay, <clears throat> I think if you're going to determine it by some random way or fun way, and we're going to just go one through 12 without any third round reversal or anything like that, then I think we should have a separate rookie draft that is in reverse order. Really? I, I My issue with the sec- second rookie, separate rookie draft is Bijan. If it was, wasn't a Bijan year, Heath, I could get behind it. But it's just, you have somebody to me like, Gibbs is interesting, I guess. But I just think they're like they're if you're talking taking the rookies out of the equation, there's a massive difference in dynasty value for me between Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and everybody Agreed. else. That's well, a, but, no, but I throw Bijan in that too, probably. Well, right. then then we're spreading the advantage out a little bit to three teams as opposed to two. Right. Well, you, you, is that a bad thing? I mean, that, that's how fantasy football works. One way or another, some teams are getting these guys. Right, but it's so, not it, in redraft. There's not that much of an edge as there is in dynasty. That's that's the problem with the snake, unfortunately. Like you're going to have Jefferson or Chase for the next ten years, right? Let me or Bijan. Although I think there's another way we can we can offer the solution. It, and it's a good way to move flex. in. What? Well, if we make it super flex, doesn't exactly. That things? Yeah, super flex exactly. will help. We're a moving lot. into the super rosters. Will help a lot from a fairness standpoint. Yeah. For, first question: yeah. How many roster spots? Okay, so the way I set up the league yes. has 22 roster spots, 10 starters, 12 bench, and five injured, spot, injured spots. So 27 maximum, but only 22 non-injured. I would like to add two practice squad spots, please. Ooh, I like that. Okay, I'll do that right now. And Rookies only. Rookies, Rookies only. only. Okay. Practice squad plus two. 
minimum two, maximum two, or minimum zero, maximum two? I'd put minimum zero, maximum two. They have to, and this is how I, I do these spots. If a player starts the year, two players can start the year on the practice squad. They must be rookies. Those are the only two players you can have in those slots until the end of the year. You cannot take somebody out of the practice squad and then go pick up a different rookie and put them on the practice squad. You can take somebody out of the practice squad and put them into your starting lineup. That's okay. But then you will not be using that practice squad spot for the rest of the year. But can you pick up, if you don't use one at the beginning of the year, can you pick someone up? No. Season? Okay, no. so it has to be done at the beginning they, of the year. They lo- adding people to the practice squad locks in week one, but you can remove them at any time. You just can't put them back. Okay. Okay, okay. I like that. So you said 10 starting spots. Does that include a kicker or a defense? No. Uh, wait a second. Maybe Ooh, a no kicker defense. Maybe a defense. Nice. I love see. a no kicker defense. Uh, Got to get back to my settings here. Team uh, no kickers defense. TM. So it also, by the way, does not include a super flex. So we would have to adjust that. But uh, right now I have one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, three flex, and a DST. So it does include a DST. I think we should replace the DST with a super flex spot, Dan. Agreed. No, you never have to convince I, I, me on getting rid both. of DSTs. What? No, I think both. I, I I like having a DST. It's so weird for a dynasty league. Agreed. Is it? Yeah, yes. there. Are, it's you. You never see it. All right, my dynasty league had a DST and a kicker every week. I've never heard of it's. It's a very weird concept. Like you have this team's defense, I guess for for good. No, you, know, you stream them. You streaming? You're streaming DST dynasty defenses. Yeah, like it's not really that much of a dynasty play. It's just it's more redrafty. Exactly. Adam, I want you to just think about your last sentence. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you can take it back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, we're back, Adam. Have we gotten rid of the defense yet? We, I just hit the, the edit button. Defense, <laughs> you are gone. Uh, <laughs> all right, no defenses, no DSTs. And um, all right, am I adding a super flex? I would like to make the super flex. I would to too. Okay. If we're, if we're doing snake, it has to be, I think. I th- that definitely levels the playing field a little bit. A little bit. Still going to be very important to get a top half pick. To be honest, All right, the only thing I, I, I the only thing is I'm just a little confused on how to do it. But we'll, we'll, we'll help you with that. 
I think I don't think it's. Oh, I know how to do it. It's very easy. We don't have the ability to do any round reversal, right? Because I think if we're going with every rookie in the draft, even Superflex, it would be nice to have a third round reversal to just help those teams on the back end because they're going to be such a disadvantage. We have the ability on CBS to alter every pick. You can do a completely custom draft order. Now, I don't think Adam's actually going to do that. This is something I should know but don't know. Uh Um, And I wonder if... Okay, I'm going to make a pitch for something for our league in a second. That'll be a big thing. But first, let me try to get this through. Adam, are you open to the third round reversal to try to help? No, them? I absolutely hate the third round reversal. It's the stupidest thing. It, it, it puts weight. If anything, like a fifth round reversal, I would be open to. But in the Scott Fishbowl, I always want to be toward the but back. That's, that's redraft, though. That's redraft. It's a very different. I don't situation. like it. I don't like it. Can fifth I just make the pitch to you? Go ahead. You're not. I mean, I'm not going to listen, but you can make it to the. There's probably seven really good assets in this in this first round, and then there's a drop off, maybe six, maybe eight. So this will help teams nine through twelve compete. Let me just tell you that the certainty that you guys have about who's good and who's going to be good in Dynasty, it we just it's just a little bit too unpredictable. I mean, this is the way it is. works, you know, like, and you know what, though, what's not unpredictable is how great our audience is. And I just want to give a shout out to a couple of guys in the chat. Matt Walters, all I want in this life is to be in this dynasty league. Thank you, Matt. We want you in this league as well. You're going to get a chance. And then Greg responds, you'll have to outbid me. Nice. Outstanding. Nice. We're going to raise some money. For some kids. So we've got a super flex league. We've got it's two running backs, two wide receivers, three flexes. And I want to make, make my big pitch since Adam and Adam table the third round reversal because just think about a little bit more. <laughs> I know you think that, but like at the, just right. look at the quarterback situation in the NFL and how many you trust and then just go from there. But here's my bigger pitch. My bigger pitch is if we're going to do it like this and we have the ability to alter all the rounds and picks, I really think we'd be best off with a slow draft so we can open the possibility of people trading picks during the draft. Cause 100%. Be, yeah. Cause that'll be what really fun. Yes. You're That's in for I that, was, Adam. I was planning on doing a slow draft. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Good. Good. So <laughs> we're, we're making real, real progress. <laughs> New season, same toilet. <laughs> you know, look, it got to go with what works. This toilet is bonus points. If you can name who, who that is in his picture. His name is Don F. So. It's like a video game thing, yeah. knockout, right? Punch out. Yeah, knockout. Punch right. out. Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> I never, I know. Manko from that. Mike Did you Tyson. know, Adam, that I wasn't allowed to play video games until high school? That was Ooh. like one of my parents' rules. They didn't buy me a system until high school. Oh, and one time, one time he did, and they put him in this corner. Go take a roll of paper in there and think about what you did. <laughs> Uh, so we have, I think we've resolved pretty much all of the lineup questions, right? But, but I, you but like I do three flexes? I, I love it, but I think it becomes more important to balance the positional values if you do that. Because if you have a non PPR league and you have three flexes, somebody's going to be starting five running backs. Yeah. And it's going to really negatively impact. Are we PPR? What are we deciding on PPR? That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm leading into. Definitely not non PPR. So I love full PPR. Yeah, it's either going to be half or full. Um, not opposed okay. to taking a league vote, by the way, on that. But okay, the the old Dynasty League was actually non PPR. It was the only non PPR league I played in, and I will now play in zero non PPR leagues. They're rough. Not going to happen. Not a lot of scoring. I would like a full PPR. I would also like to make the case, in addition to 
the full PPR, or this is not a case. I'm just going to pose this if we want to consider this. I'm in none of these types of leagues. Do we want to consider a tight end premium scoring just because I'm in none and it looks interesting to me from the outside? I do think we should because of the three flicks and it makes right. tight ends a possibility to be used as a flex. Now I, I don't, you don't have to go like, there's lots of ways to do it. You can do full point for PPR for everyone and one and a half for tight ends, one and a quarter. So right. I've seen two. Um, I don't really like the two, but a, a small boost to tight end catches, I do think would make them more flexible. I agree. I agree. So, I'm not opposed to that. I, Okay, first of all, why do I want three flexes? Because the, the dynasty league I was in, we just had too many players on our bench. And it's like, what's yes. the point of having all these players? Put them in your lineup, right? Um, I'm not opposed to it. My concern is, yeah, half the league, the CBS league, the, the person who's going to bid on the money for St. Jude, probably be fine with it. I don't know about the other people. I don't know how serious they are about this. And I feel like it's a little intimidating to be in a tight end premium league. Might might be a bit of a turnoff for them. So I'm leaning against it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to auction off those spots instead. No, <laughs> no, no these are Adam, these are four of Adam's 10 friends. I kind of know them from like seven years ago when we I were don't know them at all. Oh, Adam's played in their league for 10 years and never won it. They love him, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are his best friends. <laughs> yeah, they weren't in that league, but but they're friends with someone who was. But now, I, I'm leaning against it. Um, I think that we can fill it out with. Tight ends will be part of it, but I think that you, you, I think that there are enough players and, you know, like it's, it's why you need to build a deep roster and, you know, and maybe make some trades. I do like Greg's proposal in the chat, half PPR for running backs, full PPR for wide receivers, 1.5 for tight ends. But I understand that Adam doesn't like anything that complicated. Nice proposal, Greg. My favorite would be half PPR for everyone, 0.75 for tight ends half point per first down for everyone. And nope. 0.75 for time. Love that. Love that proposal. I don't like the snap no from Adam. It felt very uh, just, you know, snippy and un- unnecessary. Why snap no anything, Adam? Consider everything he has to say. I Look, I, this is just who I am. I I would prefer a simpler league. I, you know what? Why? I would prefer, prefer more comments like Jerry's. Adam is a horrible commissioner already not li- even listening to opinions. <laughs> yeah, you, you LOL after that. You can't Next thing we're going to hear is he has trade his uh, review over all trades, and it's Adam's final decision. There, oh, <laughs> no. That must be resolved right now. No. Uh, there, there will be no trade reversals, correct? Oh, I'm with on that. I'm, you know I'm in on that. No vetoes ever. Ideally, there will be no trade reversals. Oh, no. But if anything is completely egregious and breaks the league, who I determines the, that. But who determines if anything's completely egregious or breaks the league? That's the problem with trade reversals in the first place. I don't think. Look, we've done enough fantasy cops episodes to know that sometimes trades are so egregious and they break the league and they need to be reversed. It would have to be so obvious. I disagree. I do not agree. Okay, so I you mentioned. I, I want to get to this question since you're bringing that up. This idea of breaking the league, and I think there is a problem, especially with startup leagues, of people who come in, draft a win now team, win the entry fee, go away. Yeah. Um, trade all their future picks, and go away. So what I like to do, Adam, um, first off, would be that in year one, you collect two years entry fees. And then collect one year every year after that. So everybody's always paying one year ahead. So if you lose a team, whoever takes that team over gets a free year. 
Yep. The other thing I like to do is if you trade a draft pick beyond that, so like you trade a 2025 first or a 2026 first, you've got to pay for that year as well. Hmm. <sighs> so, I like all that. So I do like those. I, I think that this is why I gave that it was only 20 seconds. Uh, no, uh, that lengthy background. I just I think those are difficult rules to impose when we're not all friends, when we're not all like it's easy for you guys, you know, as fantasy football industry members for casual people. I don't know if that's going to work. Um, and I think that we'll have no trouble filling the league if someone drops out. The trade aspect, though, was interesting. You don't want to have somebody trading picks too far in advance and then not staying in the league. But I don't think we need to do all that. I think those are good ideas. I'm probably going to say no. Hopefully you guys who are listening can take some of these home to your league. But I don't think we need to go that route personally. Well, okay, so because this, is, this has happened on a couple of things, yeah. Dan, where it is, yes, I understand why that's a good idea. <laughs> yes, that's probably better. But I don't think we're going to do it. That's exactly what he keeps saying. It's hard for me to be like, hey, people I've never met before, now I'm doubling your entry fee. And you're locked into this. What do you mean you're doubling not, their entry fee? There is any no entry fee. This is brand yeah. new. There's been no baseline set. I told them yeah. it was $50. They all agreed on $50. But it is still $50. Like, it's $50 for the year after. $100. By the way, now I have to be the banker, by the way. So I you, you can give this duty to someone else. I'll, you want me to be the banker? I'll be the banker, Adam. This is not like you're giving up like us hurdles that aren't actually hurdles to getting the good idea through that Heath has. You're like, oh, now somebody has how to about, be the banker. How about, like, how about I bring it up to the league? You sure. just tell them that's how we're okay. doing this. I'll bring that. I'm going to put that in the notes. I don't think everything needs to be like a vote or like a you know tribal council. Everybody's on the same page. Like this is you're the commissioner. <laughs> Not a tribal. Like, okay. We could make it a tribal council. Like you collect, get voted out if you don't like these um, ideas. Collect fees I, for two seasons and collect fee uh, dues for any any year in which you make a trade involving that draft pick. The future you tra- right. a trade away a right. first a future first like you can trade a second okay. or third nobody yeah. cares but if right. you trade away a future first you should have to pay for that year and if maybe if people only like one of those ideas I think both are best but either is better than just everybody pays at the end of the year when it's time to do payouts oh um, that- no everyone's paying before <laughs> the, the draft starts um so we ha- I have a couple <laughs> Wait, of questions we, just we quick never, ones we never settled on scoring I think I want to go half PPR fine. Yeah. FP. Dan? I mean, I th- we, we made the pitch for a bunch of ideas, but we'll give him this one. I think if we're going half PPR, you are really nerfing tight ends and wide receivers Perfect. when you have two starting running backs and the potential for five. I agree. I'll bring up, I'll bring up some sort of tight end premium. I'm not opposed to it. I'll bring it up. We, if we just do half PPR and one for tight ends, that's yeah. really, really simple. Agreed. And that makes it makes things a little bit, a little bit better. Um, I have a demand. <laughs> like, there have been a lot of requests. I do have a demand, and everyone's going to agree with me. It's insane that this has ever been a debate. But two things. Um, all touchdowns count. If you score a touchdown, it is worth six points. If the ball gets rolling around near the goal line and you pick it up, if you kick an onside kick and you recover it and run it all the way back, however you score a touchdown, that touchdown counts. Okay. Okay. Lock it in. Thank you for that. And number <laughs> two, and it's that all offensive yards count. I, I would rather have kick return yards. I know you hate that. It's okay. But we're not going to have 
10 yards for one point, right? We're going to have 0.1 oh, yeah, yeah. points for one yard. Okay. You, you, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because with Adam, you kind of have to make sure with some of these things. Right. Uh, no, nah, just kidding. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. You remember the Tyreek Hill play against the Chargers where he recovered a fumble yes. and at 50 yards for touchdown, something like that? I don't know if the yards count on that play. They just give you the points, I think, for the touchdown. Yep. You just so. So that we'll have to, but uh, but that's obviously quite rare. All right, decimal scoring for sure. Can I ask real quick? Because I heard something in Heath's his Heath's demand there, which was a, a fair demand, by the way. Uh, you, what, why do you hate receipt, uh, return yardage leagues? Um, it's more complicated. It's something else to think that. about. Is that just it. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it simply that? Yeah. Trying to make this. Uh, I think if you make a league too cumbersome for people who are not in the fantasy industry, then you. Run more of a risk of, of of them dropping off or yeah. not being as involved. You know, well, you want the most important thing we can have. So, right, you want to make this as as <laughs> Adam hates Jamal Agnew. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> you want to make this as easy and as fun as as you can do. Can I make my final demand then? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I've only have one demand. It's a one demand thing. We do start, and it could be any of these services: WhatsApp, Group Me, Discord. Discord, I think, is the best option. <sighs> we do start. Start. You don't like this, Heath. If only if it's one that I already use. If it's one we already use, like a Twitter DM group, I'm good it. with. Fine, I could even do a Twitter group. But, but the problem is the Discord is nice. I don't know if you already use it, but the Discord allows for the one-on-one conversations. I, I just there needs to be some way for us to be in contact with people at any point we need. I can't. It can't be like yeah, I, I need to text Adam to get this guy's number to start talking trade with him. Like in a Discord, it works like Slack. So you have like our group, and then you have the the one-off DM. Okay. Here's what's going to happen if we start a Discord. Yeah, no one's going to look at it. I, I am certainly not going to have notifications <laughs> on. Yeah, I know. Because no, one night, there's going to be 472 agreed, messages. Agreed, agreed. And so if I don't have but notifications don't you like on, the opportunity to be able to contact anyone in the league at any time yes. if you need it? I'm just saying that adding another app on my phone is not going to be a way to contact me because I'm going to ignore it. Yes. Okay. Well, look, I mean, you can, you can message people within the, within the league, you know, we're playing on CBS, so you can message people within the league directly. Uh, so there is that, but, um, I think, yeah, we'll try to make it a little bit more social because the last dynasty league had almost none of that. Yeah. You know, it was, and that's so important for dynasty. Yeah. Okay, we, we've got we've got a few more questions to go. So it's twelve team league, correct? Yeah. How many teams make the playoffs? Six. How are those spots determined? Depends if we want to do divisions or not. No. No divisions. Then I would say the divisions. I would say the six best records, and with the caveat that if the highest scoring team is not among those six, he gets a spot. Or he, yeah, you know, I think they're all going to be dudes but maybe not uh that that manager gets a spot in the playoffs at the expense of the sixth seed um okay i hate that why because then <laughs> you're giving the three seed a, a more difficult matchup than the four or the five you can reseed um it's the first round and you just gave them the sixth seed i mean look for all i care no it doesn't have to be the sixth seed just a spot in the playoffs we could say the top six records make the playoffs and we seed based on points we could do that what my suggestion, and this is probably too complicated, so you're going to say, I understand why that's better, but we're not going to do it. <laughs> My suggestion is that the number one seed should be the team with the best record. And the number two seed, the other team that gets a bye, should be the team that has scored the most points that is not the number one seed. I just I don't see a point like, in that. Why not? Because just if you have, if you scored the most points in the league, you could have an argument for being the best team in the league. 
So somebody else shouldn't get a buy instead of you. You You've already had bad luck. Now you're going to have bad luck playing in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, well, maybe your team is too boomer bust and you didn't draft a consistent enough team. Yeah. Um, There's some debate as to whether you have the ability to predict which players are going to be consistent. Um, well, I, I'm saying but, maybe, maybe but I will say that huge weeks, but, uh, but can we, cons- can we consider apex scoring? <laughs> no chance. No chance with Adam. What about victory points? Wait, 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 hold on. Go back to the first one. <laughs> Why? What are you against that? Adam? What is that? <laughs> that oh, yeah. apex scoring. So to me, if he if, doesn't know what it is. There's if no, you don't know what it is. It's not a good sign. <laughs> and he's very unlikely to accept it. Cause he's very, you know, he's very, I'm Adam. I want things simple. Yeah. But, but <laughs> but let me just say this. It's easily it's an easy yes from a logic standpoint. So Apex scoring is you play two matchups a week. You play against your opponent and you play against, I believe it's the league average or the league median. Uh, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, but, yeah. So basically it's a fair way. It's a, it's a way to kind of negate the scheduling luck. If you win your matchup, you get a win. If you finish yeah. in the top six points that week, you, you get, get a win. win. Can we bring in Schaefer here? Because he is shaking his head. He's in the league. Yeah. So he should have a say in this. I, you guys are just making things too complicated. Yeah, right. That's, That's not complicated. Simple logic. Well, Don't make all these great ideas. Hard. All these great ideas that you think you have, Dan. Maybe just Dan. start your own league. This is my first idea. Wow, Dan. Dan. Your own league. Like, it's so. The average person doesn't care about kick return yards, apex scoring. I've never even heard of that. Like, oh my god, you guys have. I did. I, did it. I actually liked it. I did it in a best ball. League. Yeah. I did like it. It was. It Why was, wouldn't you? It takes away scheduling luck. Why would we want more luck? I can bring it up. It's really that's just part of fantasy, though. I, I will say. Uh, I, I hate that that's bring... just part of fantasy. I mean, why don't we just put kickers at 10 points for 50 yard field goals? Then? To, okay. In fairness to Thomas, he represents about half this league, probably. And I do think Chris Towers makes this point all the time. Part of the reason that we have jobs is because of luck involved in fantasy football. If it was entirely skill based, there would be fair. many fewer players. <laughs> That's very fair. There's really, I, I think, apex scoring is a, is a cool idea. It's, it's and you don't have to do anything. If I say tight end premium, okay, well now people have to think about it a little bit more and maybe do some research or whatever. But apex scoring it doesn't really change anything. But it does if you are the second highest scoring team in the league and you lost to the highest scoring team in the league. That's a sour taste in your mouth. Now at least you go one and one that week. Right. Thomas, I'm with that. I put it in the bring it up section. Okay, Thomas, I I am I understand your aversion to apex scoring, especially because it's called apex scoring. Like it just sounds like it's probably not that great. But <laughs> um, do you understand like being the eighth seed and not making the playoffs and scoring the most points in the league? Oh, I've do, been in that position before. Do you think that should be just a part of fantasy football? I mean, I I thought maybe I should have got, you know, the last seed. Okay. But, you know, that wasn't set up before. I don't know necessarily if, hey, you're the eighth seed, you're out of the playoffs technically. And then, hey, all of a sudden, if you set it up where you should be the two seed. I don't know if I completely agree with that. Maybe, you know, that should be set up where you get – the last seed. I don't know if I necessarily think that they should get the second seed. I off, I offer a compromise. The top two seeds go to the best record. We give the three seed to the highest scoring remaining team. So that way they're not playing the third best team in the league after a year of losing to the highest scoring team every week. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that. They don't get by, but they do get the easiest matchup. Yeah, I don't mind that. 
Okay. I just think like if you're getting down in the weeds with all these little rules, like they just kind of add up. Yeah. They just kind of add I, up. I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. And I wanted to make another point while you're here, Thomas, because for for really almost a decade now, I've been on this podcast with Adam and I've been yelled at <laughs> repeatedly during and after shows about shows that go over one hour and how we've got to be quicker. We've got, we've got to get through these shows. We can't be doing shows this long. Thomas, this is the seventh or eighth, I think, episode of FFT Dynasty. Maybe it's the sixth. How many non-Adam Azer shows did we have that went over one hour? <laughs> not many. Not many. I, I think You're blaming me? Zero. I think it's zero. Well, no, I'm like causation does not always equal correlation, well, but but in this case it does. I just think the format of this show where we're discussing all these little rules can stretch out a little bit of the discussion. Even having me on is just kind of a waste. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> when we go over an hour, sometimes I say, "Look, I it went a little bit long, but I, it was interesting. That's fine. No, that's what you <laughs> say to them. But then you then you stop recording and you yell at us. Oh, please. That is such nonsense. He's so mean off camera. You guys have no idea. Oh, what, look, no one at CBS has ever yelled at me more than Adam Azer <laughs> did after point. one of our baseball podcasts. Okay, oh. that was I was a different man back then. I'm a changed man. I am. I'm a changed man. I'm I think guy. I think we only have two more things to resolve um, on this show. Now, we may have to figure something else out later, but there's two more things I think are important for the listeners to hear. One, what are the waiver wire fab rules? And I, by that, I mean, what are we doing in season? And Very then is important. there anything out of season? Very important. I'm going to lean on you for the out of season stuff. Um, in season, you know, I think I think just kind of old school Tuesday night waivers and then free-for-all after that because there aren't that many players on waivers it's not like it's not like in a redraft league where there's that one guy that's on waivers that everybody wants and it's it's deep right we got 27 man rosters i think here so i think waivers run tuesday night i could i'm fine with them running wednesday night and then free-for-all after that i like that a lot i agree with that completely um i like prefer off-season waivers, off-season additions. But I just had this problem in the YOLO Dynasty League that we've talked about um, that is not exactly like this league, but similar in terms of the um, the kind of split in how many people are really paying attention um, or ha- are experienced, I should say. Um, and it turned out that two or three people really benefited from the off-season waivers and everybody else forgot for six months that they could add somebody. Mm. And so I think if if you think that this might be an issue where we don't want to overwhelm people, it's probably better to have a waivers cut off. Um, now, the difficult thing is you can't cut waivers off for non-playoff teams during the playoffs because if someone can be added and kept, everyone has to be able to add somebody. But I would probably cut off waivers at the end of the NFL season, and I would probably start them back up at the beginning of training camp. Can I pitch an idea? Yeah. Okay. This could be a way. Now, Adam's going to say, I already can anticipate what Adam's going to say to deny this, but this could be a way for us to get a little content too. But if we do a live stream for our rookie drafts for this league, we do it like that instead of a slow draft. 
we could also throw in the free agents to that Heath after the off season. And so after it, you can do either a snake draft of those, or you could do like a bidding type of thing, part of your FA budget. If we want to do that. And now we have content too. So we have either our, we have our rookie draft plus the bid plus the, uh, the, but the bidding, I'm sorry for these like good free agents. There's always like one or two. Like I know, I remember last year in one of my leagues when we did this, I had Geno Smith. I bid like 323 of my thousand dollar budget on him, got him. And now, that's pretty nice. But um, so we add that component to it. And now we have like a live stream option. And it's just fun to kind of throw those guys in either a live bidding or you could even just do a snake draft with those guys. Too much? No, um, I think probably. But we could do we could do the free agent thing at the start of training camp. So we could have two different sure, things, the rookie that. draft and the free agent yeah. thing at the start of training camp. That would that would be good content. Um, do you? But- turn off trades no well during the playoffs then that's the that's the next question i don't think that i think once the fantasy playoffs start trade should be done personally i have leagues that do the super bowl until until well until the end of the regular season yeah then yeah then you can do whatever you want but I don't really want. I think you go into a you go into the playoffs with your roster. You can add players off waivers, but I don't think you should be able to give up your first round pick for Saquon Barkley or something in the playoffs. There is something really fun though about like in the semifinals, you lose Michael Thomas, but somehow still win, and so then you go trade Michael Thomas for some guy who obviously isn't as good, but could help you win a championship this week. Um, that that is kind of a fun aspect, but I also understand why people are kind of sour on that, and I'm okay with. You saying the trade deadline would be before the playoffs start, like that week. The week, yeah, as soon as, yes. And then as soon as the playoffs were over, trading would be back open. Week 18. Trading is open 48 weeks out of the year. Yes. Uh, No, 49, right? Oh uh, yeah, forty eight. Yeah, how many? Wait, yeah, forty nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forty nine. Yeah, I, I'm okay with. I, I don't have a strong preference on that. I just think you need to know the positives and the negatives. It doesn't really, really increase trading activity if you just leave it open all the time, but it also can destroy leagues. Yeah, I think. I think no trades during the playoffs. But you can trade week fourteen. I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm also okay cutting off a little bit earlier, but I don't think so because. You know, you can go right up to the wire, not knowing if you're in or you're out. So I, th- I think, I think trading right up to the playoffs is fine with me. Works for me. Yep, I'm good with that. Heath, I, I don't know if you have anything else, but I would like to tell Dan specifically another Roach story. Oh we... no, Adam. Adam. <laughs> anything else, Heath? I know. No, we're, we're we're good. All right, real quick. Last night, I'm brushing my teeth in my bathroom, not in my kitchen sink. <laughs> brushing my teeth. Never, ever have had this happen before. Uh, A pretty big roach uh, crawled out of the drain uh, in my sink, uh, started crawling around the edge of my sink. And then I went to get a paper towel to destroy it, and I lost it. That always happens. Yeah. So the roach is somewhere in your house. That's one yeah. of the roaches that's somewhere right. in the house. He clearly, at this point, has an infestation. That I called the exterminator. That was the last straw. I that was the, the final straw. Morning. I mean, he found a dead one in his bath bed, bedroom that he tried to leave for like eight days to show us, you know, show them a sign, like, don't come back. And now they're back. They're back. They didn't listen. Yeah, they are back. Yeah. It turns out that roaches don't have brains. They can't really don't have big brains. They clearly can't understand leaving a dead one is a warning sign. But, <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. It no, didn't work. But, like, at least you haven't seen. You know what? 
if they're coming from the drains, by the way, Adams, it means they are, quote unquote, these palmettos or water bugs. These are bad ones to have. They're bigger. And just let me know if you get to the point, because this is the scariest point. This happened to me. When I lived in Astoria, Queens, I had bad roach problem in that apartment. Um, and there's like nothing you can do about it. They're like all over the restaurants and stuff. But they uh, when they when you get to the point, this is the scariest moment when they when you get when you get a big one that's also has wings and it flies past you. That's when you know you've hit the point of no return and you really need to do something about this. Yeah. I'm there, but I, know I thought that. it was when you like turned your faucet on, and instead of water, roaches just. Came out. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <That's> <laughs> Adam, thank you so much for joining FFT Dynasty. It's it's the longest show we've ever done, and we could not have had a better guest to be on for for nearly 75 minutes with. I, I think we've got a good league set up. I think we've got some people in the chat, at least one of them, who's going to be in this league. Watch for that link. It'll be on Twitter. We'll probably have it in the show notes on this show once it uh, kicks off. Maybe we'll even have Adam back. We'll talk to you next Tuesday.